time for an overlooked stock of the day. It had been on a pretty nice run, but Church and Dwight is buckled. Perhaps the market telling it that a $600 million deal for an acne patch maybe is too much. George Tillis has the story for us. Uh, GT, so down uh, about 5% today. Uh, they're buying for $630 million. Hero, whose flagship product is a patch you put over your pimple. Yeah, I mean, Church and Dwight, OJ, for those who don't know, I mean, just think of Arm & Hammer and all the brands associated with that. That's their uh, their mainstay legacy brand. But they, they of course, make uh, household products, cosmetics, personal care products, you name it, uh, inclusive of the acquisition now that they made, which is basically an acne treatment company that they paid about $630 million for. But uh, one of the things about the company, OJ, I mean, look at it relative to the market, but also where it's been in the last uh, few months or so, as well as where it was last year. I mean, it's trading now, as you can see, around $80. It's actually trading below the June lows. Uh, and this is not a technology company. This is a, a core consumer staples-based branded name that's been around for a very long time that is now trading, like I said, below the June lows. And in fact, trading the sub lows that we haven't seen since October of last year. So this kind of begs the question of what's going on with Church and Dwight, but also what's going on with consumer staples, because all we talk about is how the economy is weak and growth is weak and interest rates have really cut into consumer discretionary spending. But this is really a company that sells more consumer staples products alongside consumer discretionary products, things like water picks, for instance, that's another one of their, uh, their core brands. Uh, but the company actually guided alongside this acquisition to the downside for the remainder of 2022. So I think they're essentially using the acquisition news, OJ, alongside some uh, some compressed gross margins that were denoted during the earnings call in late July to kind of uh, give some guidance that's lower because of higher cost of goods sold. But it's not just that itself, it's sales. The guidance was lowered altogether for the remainder of the uh, second half of 2022 to 2 to 4%, and that's down from 4 to 5%, and that's a lot for a company that, uh, historically speaking, uh, was uh, was selling goods over a year-over-year basis around 8 or 9%, but in the last year or so, that's down to about 5% year-over-year sales growth. Hmm. So uh, sales slowing down and the announcement that maybe – uh, they're going to uh, slow down some more, I guess, is not a great timing for an acquisition. Are they growing out of necessity here or rather uh, buying out of necessity for growth? Yeah. So here's what I think. Uh, I think, yeah, they're, they're going through what they're, they usually do, which is they're going to go through inorganic acquisition type growth. They have about 500 million in cash on the balance sheet. You know, they're going to issue some shares. They adjusted their earnings guidance for the remainder of the year down about a nickel to 297 from 302. Now, that's not too bad, uh, considering they see that this is going to be an accretive acquisition going forward into the next year that will manifest into positive earnings as well as sales growth. But I think valuation, OJ, I think going into this, if you just look at the EPS growth, uh, relative to last year, it's flat to slightly down. Uh, sales growth, 5%. But you look at the the forward multiple in the stock, it's around 27 to 28 times earnings, which is right around its five-year historical average. But the challenge is that multiple, even though it's around five-year uh, averages, uh, which is still relatively high, the earnings growth just isn't there. And the sales growth with uh, essentially the multiple 
at around 27, 28 times earnings, historically in the last three years, is about 9.5%. So just think about the numbers here, that they're multiple of the company now, uh, in terms of its forward uh, earnings per share relative to its price, is about where it is historically, but its, its sales growth is now uh, down by about 60%, 2 to 4% versus about 8 to 9%. And its earnings growth is, is flat to slightly down versus positive, uh, three-year averages that are uh, that are about 13%. So we're seeing essentially mm. a company that is, from a financial standpoint, seems to be struggling uh, relative to its own historical averages. Let me just uh, clarify that. But its multiple hasn't fallen uh, enough relative to those earnings. And that's why we're seeing stock price pressure for Church & Dwight, which is really, like I said, a namestay-based company in the consumer staples industry group pays a dividend of about $1.05 a share, about 36% of its earnings are paid out. But I think the whole group uh, might be falling because of not defensive uh, acquisitions uh, through the standpoint of institutionals, institutional investors moving into, into defensive areas of this, the stock market. These are overvalued uh, relative overpriced companies versus valuation. I think that's why we're seeing companies like Clorox, Procter & Gamble, even Kimberly-Clark, these are all down quite a bit on a year-to-day basis, in, in some cases more than the market. So the idea that this could be a hideout uh, in a Staples uh, defensive trade is not working out. What's interesting is that right. neither is Kimberly-Clark, neither is Clorox or P&G, so it actually right. doesn't even look too unique on its own. It's a bit of a discouraging right. statement about what many label as a defensive group because when the stock market peaked in November, everybody tried to buy these. Uh, this is a year-to-date chart, but from November through the start of the year, uh, uh, Church and Dwight in particular was very strong, and many of the others were too. So when the stock market peaked out, people thought these would be the way through. Uh-uh. Doesn't seem like there's enough growth. Precisely, OJ. That's, that's the whole point of me bringing this all together for you here and for the audience. It's, it's essentially a function of valuation of its current valuation relative to historical valuation. If, if earnings and, of course, revenue growth matched its historical uh, earnings and revenue growth, then things would be looking up for companies like Church & Dwight on a defensive basis from the standpoint of investing. And it hasn't been because valuation appears very rich. And it's not just this company. It's the entire group. And I suggest that's really why we're seeing some weakness in this names, which, again, can confound some people for those who are looking for safety. It's just not here uh, in this group because you can see, as, as you mentioned and, I, and you uh, clearly showed and talked about, that the, uh, the stocks have not been performing well on a year-to-date basis, despite the bid uh, when we saw, of course, the market start to roll over in November, December, and, of course, earlier part of uh, 2022. Okay. All right, George, thanks a lot. Great analysis here and explanation for a company okay. that is having trouble despite an arguably exciting acquisition for uh, a popular uh, uh, product. Nice work. Okay. Staples. Not exactly the defensive trade you might have hoped.